You are listening to Grit and Grace, where I'm sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you and bringing stories to you of the most amazing women that are crushing it in business and in life. My name is Tomberly, and I'm a social impact entrepreneur, where I help businesses grow their community impact and their bottom line through their partnerships with nonprofit organizations. I'm also the founder of Tomberly's Tribe, a brand new group of female experts that, from all different fields, are helping women grow to their highest level of potential. Join us on this journey by downloading the Himalaya app, which is free, and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. Welcome to my show. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Grit and Grace. And it is an absolutely beautiful day in Colorado where I am located today. And I have one of my dear friends and soul sisters with me who is not only an herbalist and a ritualist, she is an author and she is an incredible connected human being that carries so much energy from this land and other lands with her wherever she goes. And I like to consider her one of the wisest women that I not only have have gotten to work with spiritually and in a in, in a practicing way of the ritual side, but also as a person, as a woman, I feel deeply connected to her. So I'm super excited to have Tanya with me today. Thank you, my friend. Yes, you are so welcome. It's a joy to be here. Always a delight to be in your presence. Same with you. And um, I want I want people to know that the way that we met is interesting because you have, first of all, you have this, this great name. Your website is this great name. It's called Dancing with the Wild. And for those of you that are going to want to know more about Tanya, because I know you will, go to dancingwiththewild.com. But it was the name of your website that actually popped up when my daughter and I decided that we wanted to attend a new mystery school together, but we wanted to find something that would honor our Irish heritage. And so we did this little Google search and all of a sudden this really cool name, I'm like, oh my gosh, anything that says dancing with the wild is my people. (laughs) I love it. Yes. So Tanya, tell, tell our audience a little bit more about, you know, what you do now, like what, you know, what is your practice and what, you know, what is, what is your business? What is dancing with the wild? Who is Tanya? So many questions. (laughs) Dancing with the wild. Um, I am a herbalist. And I live part-time here in Denver, Colorado, and I live part-time, well, for the past 15 years, I've lived part-time in Ireland, almost half and half um, there and here. Um, Of course, with the state of the world this year, that schedule may be shifting. Um, And I am all about helping us um, connect to that essential wildness that is within us. Um, And as a herbalist, I feel like the herbs are a beautiful threshold to that. And um, then even a little bit deeper is knowing where we have come from. So when we know where we have come from, um, we we are informed um, a lot of who we are and where we are going. 
Um, so Ireland and teaching Irish spirituality. I have a teacher in Ireland that I've been working with um, for about 20 years, and she is my family, and she is my teacher. Um, and so helping us remember where we have come from, we can deepen into those roots and um, dance with the wild from that place. Mm, that's so beautiful. I love that. And I, I really like that you're started by talking about knowing where we come from, because I think that one thing that a lot of us forget, especially in the United States, is that we are not the original settlers in most of the areas that we live. Like we either came here yeah. running from something, <laughs> running to something, mm -hmm. or, right? I mean, a lot of us and those that are um, native to the land here are, are rare. And so I think honoring, you just talked about two things. Number one, honoring that we aren't the, the people that came from this land. So there are people to honor that did come from this land, number one. And number two, ourselves, you know, where... Mm -hmm. Where, you know, where's our lineage from? So my question for you would be is how do people find that information? How do they know? Um, you mean, how do they know where they're from? Or Yeah. yeah well, I think there's two ways. Um, one is listening. And I think if we start listening to um, when we, like, our heartbeat increases, um, when we... Um, feel this alivening within us, um, that could be an indication of where we are from. I know that's how it, it came about for me. Like growing up, um, none of my family was really, I mean, my mom did a lot of research um, mm. about our genealogy. There was no like online DNA test or, you know, spit in a jar and find out your DNA. Um, so I knew like there was an Irish link and there was Scottish and there was English. Um, but I was, you know, I grew up reading, just voraciously needing to read about Ireland. <laughs> and mm. um, so that was just an indicator from a very young age that there was something there. So listening to your own inner voice, whatever you are called to, I think is a really powerful way. And we don't even really need the DNA. I mean, we can look at the DNA um, and that can be affirming maybe if you need it. Um, so those are the ways to um, look at where you have come from um, and consider that. And along that same line, um, loving where we are and honoring where we are is really important. I mean, Europe is not going to take us back. Most of us, a lot of us on this land are of Native European descent, and we are here. Um, and to love this land and honor the land that we are on is a beautiful way to, to begin um, and to continue to, because we've done a lot of things that has not served this land and the Native peoples here. Um, so honoring this land and the people that have come here, even by name, when I'm opening my circles and my spaces, I like to say this land where I am living today that I am on um, has been protected and tended to and um, by the, the Native peoples. And here in Denver, it is the Ute and it is the Cheyenne and it is the Arapaho. Um, so even that small acknowledgement, um, we can start making much needed <laughs> reparations um, right. to the native peoples. 
Um, and then with that, then we realize when we go back to our own sense of where we're from, we realize that we have our own beautiful traditions ourselves. Like we as white people here on this land in America have really, t we've taken in many, many ways, in a di including their, their spiritual practices. Um, so when we start to delve in our into our own spiritual practices, where we have come from, we realize this richness that is there. And so then we can bring our own traditions to the table. We have something to mm -hmm. offer that is in such beautiful alignment with their with the Native American indigenous tradition. So rather than taking, we have something to share and bring and offer. Um, so it's this beautiful interweaving. Mm, I love that. And is it, so it's possible then to feel in your body that you are from more than one place. Like you can associate with, you know, I know that, um, I mean, and you know this, that I yeah. definitely come from a long line of Celtic um, lineage, but I also have a part of my family that has lived in the plains of Colorado for hundreds of years. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, Colorado, these lands hold my me like the mountains hold me in a way that is indescribable so that's that's what you mean when you're talking about feeling into your body like me me saying that means i'm listening to what i feel and i'm also honoring where i know i also feel called to so it's possible to be from multiple places yeah yeah definitely in the celtic spiritual tradition the irish spiritual tradition that i follow one of the tenets basically that we come back to again and again is both and versus either or and mm. um so we are both a lot of us have been on this land and i mean it's such a gift that your family has been here to have for hundreds, 150 years, or very, you know, many generations anyway, um, because I think that's a rare and beautiful thing. So you do have a deep connection to this land through your blood heritage. Um, and then for thousands of years, you know, we think, oh, we've been here a couple hundred years, our people... Yes. As soon and. as I said that, as, as soon as you said that, I knew what was coming because I'm like, oh, yeah, right. That's like a hundred, couple hundred years is like a fraction of the of the Earth's history. Yeah, yeah, right. So when we look at it like that, like there's a whole yeah. DNA component um, where our DNA re really remembers and knows. Mm -hmm. um, the lands where we have come from um, originally and where we were for <laughs> thousands and thousands of years. But, and not to discount like the 200 or 250 years that your family lineage has been on this land because that's really valid and important and beautiful mm. as well. Well, and I also, I also acknowledge that and you know, you know, you has as one of my teachers, you have led me on journeys and some of my journeys take me into um, other worlds, I'll say, that I think have components of maybe past lives. And those <laughs> past lives may not have anything to do with where I, you know, from a report on a piece of paper where my DNA says it comes from, which means <laughs> that feeling of where I might feel pulled might have something different to do with just more than just the DNA. I might have a spiritual <laughs> connection yeah. to a different place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a spiritual heritage as well, which... Um, is totally valid and to be honored. Um, I have, you know, my classes, there's all kinds of different people that 
come and show up. And everyone is very welcome because wherever they are, wherever they're being drawn to. And I've also found that people who find their way into my classes for uh, for whatever reason, you know, there's a reason they're there for me to learn and for them to learn, um, for us to learn from each other. And then they will like find that'll, then there'll just be this opening of like, oh, I'm going to like, maybe next full moon, I'm going to gather with um, a bunch of my Latina friends um, mm-hmm. and see what that, that is like. So I think it's, it's an opening. It's a, it's a weaving in. It's not an either or at all. It is um, both and it is, um, it is, all are welcome, um, and it's not going. It's it's di- diminishing that colonial um, um, way of thinking, <laughs> mm. which is very much about taking, taking, taking. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. I know that a lot of the teachings that you have done with me, and I'll just speak in my experience specifically, and then have you expand on that, has to do with really honoring our land uh, and not just honoring the people that have lived on our land before us, but the current land that we get to like co-create and co-live with, like our trees and our plants and everything in nature is alive and growing, like everything, everything is alive. And Mm. it's something I appreciate and have learned so much from you that I would love for you to talk a little bit about the importance of, you know, humans being a human and connecting to the other growing things on our planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that opportunity. I, um, as a herbalist, um, and I have been a herbalist for about 20 years, and it all began when I was growing a garden in the first house that I owned, um, my husband and I, and I was so drawn to herbs. It's kind of like this thing of being drawn to like your, your, your spiritual heritage. So I grew up voraciously reading all about Ireland, anything to do with Ireland, and then we were planting our garden and I wanted to grow herbs, even though I don't know, I was in my early twenties and I don't know that I'd ever had a cup of herb tea, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as I started planting herbs, they, they were like talking to me, which I don't even know if I would have said to it that, that that's what they were doing yet. They were, they were communicating with me in whichever way, however they do their magical way. And so I grew, we, and I love that word co-created that you use. Like we co-created this beautiful relationship. So we, we formed a relationship together. And once I found the herbs, it was like, I found, I found my tribe. I found mm. um, who I was meant to be. And um, I also have had a really long, since I was very, very young. In fact, one of my earliest memories when I was four years old um, I grew up on a farm and we were, I was out, our parent, you know, our parents then were not like, we would leave for the day, <laughs> yeah. four or five years right. old. And they knew they're like, like <laughs> sundown, come back for dinner. Exactly. See you later. <laughs> exactly. The I grew up the same way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the freedom that we had and, um, I mean, it was just over the hill. They knew where we were. Um, but there was a tree there and there were, um, fairies, like, there, I knew like they were my friends. They were my my playmates along with me and my sisters. Um, and so the tree, it was like the tree was very intertwined with that as well. I knew the tree was like their place where they lived. And so um, 
And growing up when I was a teenager, I had this amazing oak tree. Like I had this balcony off my room and the oak tree was right there. And so um, I had a really beautiful relationship with oak trees. Um, and um, so deepening into relationship with these non-human ones that our ancestors have been communicating with through the mist of time, it kind of opens up it does open up this, then this, this um, it's a threshold, they're a threshold into remembering who we are, where our vital nourishment can come from and has come from, um, again, for thousands of years. Um, we have been, I know my ancestors have been drinking nettle tea, which is one of my favorite herbs, um, through the mists of time, like thousands of years, maybe even 50,000 years because, mm. because the herbs have been around that long. I know that my ancestors, when they have felt troubled or um, when they have, I mean, we, we use the word stress. I think they probably felt stress in a different way, but when their um, sympathetic nervous systems are really elevated, um, they would go and hang out with a tree and breathe with that tree and come back to themselves through that. Um, and when we are forming relationships with these non-human beings, sharing breath with them, um, gardening with them, um, hanging out with them under a, you know, under a tree in the park or a tree in your backyard, um, then we are um, coming back to the earth mm. because they are being nourished from the earth. And um, then we remember that we too ultimately are being, can be nourished and find deep nourishment from her. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I think you said once, and, and correct me if I quote you wrong, but I'm trying to recall this, that there is wisdom that the tree holds from all of the years that it's been growing from its roots, that it collects wisdom from the earth, and that if you connect with the tree, you can actually also gain that wisdom through the tree from the earth. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I, had to, I had to sit with that for a little bit because I, I think that there's a lot of time that has gone by that I have not recognized what that feels like, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, mm-hmm. people that are listening, if you haven't you know, if you haven't done this, and I, I did talk on a couple of podcasts ago, um, I interviewed Brianna Lynn and, you know, she's a tree lover. And so we had a big conversation mm-hmm. about trees. And okay. and I, I know then that I made that recommendation, but I'm going to say it again. If you have not gone and sat near a tree and just spent some time there and just like really, you know, take some very deep breaths, connect with the tree and spend some time there, it will have a profound impact on you in a way that is really indescribable, but I hope that I quoted that initial part correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. you did. You did. And it is, um, and also not, I mean, as a herbalist and as a folk herbalist and as someone who has, um, who knows that my ancestors have, have done these practices and most indigenous tribes, they have, right. they have used the herbs as food and nourishment. Well, that's all that we've had <laughs> until very, very recently. Um, and Ireland, we do know how important the trees are. There's some very specific ways, although we also, most indigenous um, tribes and um, peoples mm-hmm. have, um, you have worked with the trees. Um, 
and so I don't need the science, although it's always kind of a delight. And I'm always like, kind of like that, that woman in the side kind of cackling a little bit when I hear like, <laughs> a, new science, a new scientific study. I'm like, ha, 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 I know we've known oh. that. We've known that. That's um, so great. That's so great. Um, but those that need the science, I mean, there's some really solid science um, now, forest bathing. And I don't want to, if you and um, your other podcast guests might have gotten into that. So um, I don't need to get we too much We didn't talk about in. forest bathing. Are, are you going to start talking about getting naked in the forest? Because no. then I'm going to get really happy. Can we go get <laughs> yeah, naked right. in the forest? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the wild. Dancing with the wild. Getting naked in the forest. <laughs> yes. See, now everybody that's listening now just knows why I love you so much. Just because that visual right there. Is I know. My, that's my kind of people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> naked under the full moon. Yes. Uh, naked in yes. the sea. I mean, just naked. Yeah. We just be naked. I know. <laughs> Although, to be fair, those that aren't comfortable with being naked in the forest yet, I'm um, doing it yes. once and you will be. Um, yes. it, you don't need to be naked to forest bathe. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's go back to forest bathing because I got very distracted. I know, right? <laughs> right. I did too. <laughs> it's because we know what that feels like. Actually, yeah. like it just, it just even the, just even remembering what it yes. feels like to be naked in a forest makes my whole body just energetically, uh-huh. I just shifted. Like I just made, actually, yeah. I just made an, and I'll just use me as an example. I just made an energetic shift like consciously just at the thought of how wonderful that is because I've done it. So I I don't even have to do it again right now at this moment to sink back into that amazing place. Just remembering it takes me back there. Exactly, exactly. And if you've never done it, you listeners, you may be having a similar experience as like that quickening that I spoke of, that like left, that that wordless. And oftentimes there's no words associated with it. It's just like this wordless remembering that comes up and we just laugh (laughs) laugh. exactly oh my goodness pure joy the like this Mm. this primal um someone wrote the other day feral like she um since we're in this kind of um physical distance um somewhat isolated place like she she's feeling a little more feral these days which I'm like all about that. I'm like, yes, yeah. let's embrace that feralness of it. Remember yes. that. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really an interesting time to be talking about our connection to nature because I think now more than ever, and I'm, I'm trying to not speak generally, but I'm going to speak generally, but that people are having to go outside for sanity purposes because they are – in their stuck in their homes and confined spaces and they're craving the outdoors. And I, you know, I would like to say that, um, everybody has access to be able to walk out the door and get fresh air, but that's not true because everybody's living situations are different. So not everybody can do that, but we, we need it. We can feel it. We can feel when we need to step outside and take a breath of fresh air. And even if it's just opening a window and being able to like breathe in air from the outside, people are craving that. And what a, you know, what a reminder of what we have taken for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And I also, I'm, I'm really heartened because, um, I live really close. I live in urban Denver, so it's pretty like high density, um, lots of people. And I live right next to a gorgeous park and, just and I know it's because the rec centers are closed and no and people you know need to be at home. They're working from home. Yet even so, I'm like 
that oak tree, because I have all my favorite trees in the park, that oak tree is speaking to them as they're going by or, you know, say just like mm-hmm. there's something that's happening. So I like to think, I mean, none of us, we can't speak to at all, like where we're going to be in two months or a year from now. Yet I like to believe that um, we are going to be coming back to nature. And when we come back to nature, really remember what's important um, through all of this. So that's my hope anyway. I'm holding that yes. hope and seeing yes, all the yes, people yes. in the park. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think. And I. so let's talk about that exact same topic around um, working with herbs, um, like working mm-hmm. with plant medicine. And, you know, I, I'm careful when I say plant as medicine, because a lot of people automatically, at least in my world, start to assume things like mushrooms or, you know, different trippy type agents. But I... I have definitely been working with plants as medicine long before I even knew that that's what I was doing. Like from mm-hmm. like you, yeah. from the time I was a child, I was the person pulling off the tomato leaves off the tomato plants, you know, at my parents or my grandparents' garden or the strawberries underneath it and like smearing it on my skin because I had a rash and I just would rub it on there. I would use it to itch with, or I would just add it to a bologna sandwich because <laughs> I, I wanted to eat the leaf. And I, I mean, knowing now I might, you know, now I might look it up before I did that, but I I have been working with plants in a holistic way um, and herbs for a long time without even really knowing that I was doing that until my kids were young. And then I decided, okay, there has to be an alternative to all of the medication that we provide kids on a regular basis for the small stuff. And so mm-hmm. I started researching how I could handle simple fevers or coughs or colds or, you know, the simple things or scratches with plants. And it has led me down learning and learning and learning. And then voila, here comes Tanya, <laughs> this amazing herbalist that just puts it all into form for me. That's what you've been doing. If I haven't told you that, I'm telling you that now in front of like thousands of people that are going to listen that you have brought into form something that I've been doing um, unofficially for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so many of us have, we're like drawn to these things and we're doing it without um, our like ego mind or our linear mind even thinking about it. We're just doing it. We're drawn to it. Um, so, and then knowing that there's a tribe of us <laughs> that are doing it as well and yes. that, yeah. Um, and that what we're tapping into just by, um, those simple, but not so simple things. Yeah. yeah. Just picking a leaf and adding it to your bologna sandwich. I love that. And I'm pretty sure, <laughs> and, and I, I've talked to you about my grandmother, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that message just came from my grandmother because I had a memory of camping with her once. And the reason why I brought up bologna is because I actually made her a stir fry when I was like, I was probably like eight or nine years old and I wanted yeah. to cook for my grandmother because she was mm. taking me on a trip camping. And so over the stove or over the fire, I stir fried like bologna and, you know, whatever noodles we had. And I <laughs> I picked like leaves and put them in yes. and she ate it without question. Like no question. Oh. We didn't even know what we were eating. And I'm pretty sure my sauce was made of ketchup. So that's probably not so good. But <laughs> that's so great. Oh yeah. I just, I just totally had that memory. And she, she told mm. people that story for years. It was quite funny. Um, that is so beautiful. Yeah. I love but that. I love that. Oh, that mm-hmm. That's what you, you know, that's a big part of, what the people that you call in are people that are really understanding that there's much to learn because now I'm a little more dialed in and I'm like, okay, 
what do I need to learn about what the properties of this plant, like what are the energies of this herb? What does it contain? You know, how can I bring it into my life? How can I eat with it? How, like, mm-hmm. how can I drink it? How can I add it to um, what I put on my body? So all that, it's just like, a, it's like now we're in a new level. And so I'd love for you to share with listeners kind of a, because we're obviously not going to be able to go yeah. into it. Although, could you imagine if we did a, a series of podcasts just on different herbs and their uses. Yeah, I know. I just got really excited. Maybe we should. <laughs> I would love it. I would love oh, it. Gosh. I mean, the herbs, yeah. There's so much. Mm. And it doesn't... I, I'm a herbalist. And when as long as I've been um, practicing herbalism... So I studied here in Boulder for a year. And then I found my teacher in Ireland and actually lived with her for three months in her cottage... So we were with the herbs every day out in the hedgerows, out in the the meadows, um, learning the herbs and creating with them, co-creating with them, making remedies um, and all of the different ways of working them with them, not just like um, tinctures, which would be the more medicinal way to work with herbs. So um, I have my whole philosophy around herbs is working with the herbs that grow around us, um, those are the herbs that are wanting to nourish us. Um, and my Materia Medica, which is like my main 25 herbs that I, I only have like 25 herbs in my Materia Medica. It doesn't have to be a hundred different herbs. Um, so because of those 25, and it's probably a little bit more than 25. I think when I started, it was around 25. Um, although I still find myself going back again and again to my favorites. And these herbs are herbs that, um, grow in Ireland, which is where my DNA is from or the British Isles. And, um, they also grow here in Denver, Colorado. Um, mm. some you need to tend to a little bit more than you would in Ireland because the climate here is quite different. Um, the one, for instance, um, one of my most favorite herbs is dandelion. And dandelion is actually a herb that we, that those of us of native European descent brought with us when we immigrated here, um, because it was such a herb that um, we used as a food source. So it was an important source of food um, as well as medicine. Um, so Okay, so let's use dandelion as an example. Yeah. So let's, let's, because I love that, you just brought dandelion up. Um, because how many people are going to listen to this and think a little bit differently about how they care for their yards? Mm-hmm. So I want to I put some practical thought into this that, you know, what are the, let's start with what are the medicinal properties of dandelion? Dandelion, there are all parts of the plant. The whole plant has nourishing parts. And I do, and like you, Taverly, I love that you kind of paused a bit using the word medicine or medicinal, um, because really what I, how I like, the, these do have what common medicine we would refer to as medicinal. Well, I don't know if they would say to it. I mean, we've been using them to heal us. We'll look at it that way. Let's say health benefits. benefits. Yeah. And I use the word nourishment. That's the Mm. word I like to use um, a lot because when we're working with herbs, we, they are giving us that 
essential optimal nourishment that our body is craving and from which when we are not getting that deep optimal nourishment, that is when dis-ease, when our body is no longer at ease and symptoms and other um, issues will arise, other disorders will arise. So coming back to that optimal nourishment. So dandelion, the whole plant of dandelion has nourishment. Um, and so just very generally, the leaf, um, is high in trace vitamins and minerals, which again, our body is craving, um, because even if we're eating a really clean diet, um, and an organic diet, unless we're growing the majority of our own food, we are, are because the soils in this country are so depleted because what we've done, done to them for two, 300 years, um, a lot of our a lot of our foods do not have those trace vitamins and minerals in them. Um, if you're growing your own food and you're compost, you're adding compost to your um, soil and really tending to your soil. Yes. Um, whereas dandelion, so dandelion is this wild weed. So it has adapted, and look how it's adapted. And, right. um, and I mean, people pay a lot of money to buy products to try to kill the dandelions yeah. from growing, which now that I know what I know, I just, oh my gosh. And I, I, I've, I've been having heart palpitations about that for a long time because I am, I own familiars, right? I have pets. <laughs> I, I've always yeah. had a dog and I don't want my pets to have to walk by property that has been covered in pesticides. So, mm-hmm. um, but now I know what I know about you know, herbs and plants and dandelions. And I'm, oh no, don't kill the dandelions. Yes, exactly. I mean, the amount of money this country spends to eradicate dandelions, it's crazy. That Um, is crazy. When, if we were eating them and making tea with them, um, Mm. we, like, it would be a whole different world, which we're moving into that. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. So, um, Dandelion leaf, add it to your salads, um, make a tea with it, dry it and make a tea with it. I did. So do you, so let's go, let, let me just ask. So do you actually take the leaves off of the plant? So if you, let's just say I picked a bunch of dandelions cause I, I'm, and I'm, I know this, but I want the people listening to really feel like they can go and make use of the next time they see dandelions, yeah. <laughs> as long as you're not on somebody's property that they will be mad, but most people mm-hmm. aren't going to object if you pick their dandelions. Mm-hmm. You know, having a handful of them, you can actually separate the leaves off from the bud. That's what you're referring to, right? Yeah. Around the flower. Right. Yeah. This is just the leaves only. And also just, let me say in general, when you are harvesting, um, like, unfortunately, in Denver, and check your own, like, jurisdiction, your own city um, and county laws, but public spaces, they do spray, so it's tricky mm. finding places to harvest in Denver. In Ireland, they don't, they're so anti-pesticides, um, so you can kind of harvest anywhere. Here, it's a little trickier. I would, um, so neighbor's yards, if you see neighbor's yards covered and you know they don't spray, like that's great. Or your own yard if you're not spraying. Or plant Um, some. I mean, do people really plant dandelions? I'm thinking about, I'm going to just specifically plant like pots of dandelions on my porch this year. Um, And I think that's interesting because uh, I 
I hope that people look at that and think, huh, that's interesting. I want to know more about why is she planting dandelions when I'm trying to eradicate them? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just pl- this, those little, those little seeds that you can, yeah. those little dandelion seeds that you yes. can plant that will yeah. create, grow seeds in so many other ways. Yeah. Um, so just be cautious where you're harvesting, grow your own if you can. The monks in Ireland, they would, they grew dandelions in their gardens, um, they were the the infirmaries. They were the hospitals of that time, and they knew the important food and medicine that they had. Um, and I also want to go back. Um, I love, love, love your story about making your stir fry from your grandma. Oh, yes. I think, and I also want your listeners to be aware. Like there are. Her and you were a child, and you were very in tune. Like our, as children, we like we we're really still connected to the natural world. We don't have the fear. Of, we know. We remember. We come in knowing. Like these, this is our food, um, and you had that. And there are some really poisonous <laughs> plants right. out there that you would not right. want to cook. Right. Um, so just for your audience, like I mean, now I think I would check first before I did that. But at the time, yeah, and, you know, my grandmother, you know, was raised on a farm, and so she she just she didn't, or if she picked it out, I didn't see. So she was either very good at picking, it out, yeah, um, or 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 she just went with it. But yes, definitely check. Yeah, check yeah, first. know what you're putting in for the moat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, know what you're putting in because there are. Um, yeah. We want to res- we respect nature fully. I mean, it's so full of nourishment, and don't be afraid. There's so many things. Um, I what I really recommend getting to know, and even dandelion. A lot of people think they know dandelion. I'll have students come to my classes all the time, and they'll confuse dandelion with thistle, or they'll confuse dandelion with. There's another herb that grows here. Well, kind of grows everywhere. It's called wild lettuce which you don't want to eat, <laughs> but that's, mm. its, that's its name. Um, so my recommendation as you're really, and I think as we're moving into these unknown times, like it's, and even, I mean, I've been teaching this class for 15 years probably, and that's, it's an urban, I call it urban foraging. So it mm. is walking around your neighborhood or, you know, walking around a neighborhood in your city, close to your city somewhere um, with a person, a herbalist or someone else who for it, who knows how to forage and can identify things for you because that's the best way to really know that that's what, because when you're meeting them in person, books are fine. Um, and meeting them in person with someone who knows is really the best way to get to know these plants. Um, so let's stop there for a second so I can tell people how they can reach you. Because <laughs> if you're in the Denver metro area and you want Tanya to come and do some urban foraging with you, is this a service that you actually provide or do they actually need, do they need to take a class? Um, I could both and, get back to that both and, I'm yes, happy to yes. come walk on your land or walk in your neighborhood with you and point out they're like, I call them alley salads. <laughs> like you can make mm. a whole salad from the greens that are growing around you um, in your yard. I mean, I live urbanly when I'm in Denver. I live very rural in Ireland. Um, yeah. So that's why I go. And alleys are really great places to harvest because they're not sprayed for the most part. And pets don't walk down alleyways. Um, people are walking on the sidewalks and parks more. Um, so, yeah. And I am going to, I've had so 
I've had a lot of people ask me to do a class again, a foraging class. I haven't done it for several years, just I think because the timing of when I go to Ireland normally. Um, so I will be doing a foraging class. So you can we can do walk together and make a salad together. It's going to be so delicious. And again, mm. this is eating wild foods. Which they're not just wild food; they're wild, but they're also live. So the like urban foraging and wild crafting. If you're creating medicines with what you um, forage, um, like that is such a beautiful way to dance with the wild as well. Mm. And when mm. you're eating these live and wild foods, like the nourishment, how you feel, it's kind of like just even thinking about forest bathing, like that's mm. kind of the same feeling that you'll get when you're eating mm. the salad that you have foraged um, wildly. I love that. So, so people can find you at dancingwiththewild.com. And is there a is there a link to contact you directly there? Or do you have social media where people could follow you? Um, you there is a contact me. So there's a little form you can fill out. And there's my email is probably on there too, I would say. So it's easy enough. You'll get you'll find me one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and I, I am on Instagram. Um, on Instagram, it's by my name, um, which is Tanya Reikley. Um, and then Facebook, it's Dancing with the Wild. Um, I'm, I'll add the links in the show okay. notes so people can go directly. Thanks, yeah. thanks. Um, because I and you'll notice at the beginning of the show, I realized I didn't even say Reikley because um, I know it's not it's not spelled like it's pronounced. So I will put all of those links directly in the show notes so people can find you both to your website and to your social media because you also post some really cool stuff. So I will um, make sure to connect you with people that way. So okay, so back to the let's go back to the dandelions. So if you know that you've harvested some healthy dandelions that have not been sprayed, using those them as an example, I know that I think we left off with you could drink the leaves. So talk, let's talk about brewing herbs. Let's talk about tea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And tea is my favorite way to work with herbs. I mean, I make tinctures and I make salves and I um, make all kinds of herbal remedies. Yet going back to the teas, making a tea with the herb, when we are drinking a cup of herb tea from one of these wild herbs, um, or if you get it from your herb company or your local herbalist, that's great too. Um you, we are receiving, by making a cup of tea, we are doing something that our ancestors have done um, through for thousands of years. As long as fire has been around, they have been heating water and pouring it over herbs and drinking it. And I can't think of anything else in this world that we are doing the same exact thing. Of course, we're mm. heating our water with a kettle um, and not over the fire. Um, yet that beautiful connection of tapping into our lineage and where we're from um, and the nourishment that our body is craving from this. So yeah, make a cup of tea. With dandelion, the leaf, it's best to harvest the, the new spring leaves like that are coming out now um, because mm. they <clears throat> are less bitter um, and my favorite way is to actually do an overnight infusion. Um, so you can just fill your jar up or your, your French press up um, or your pot. Just throw a lot of dandelion leaves in there. And honestly, I don't even recommend rinsing them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you want to harvest because there's actually um, constituents on the oils that the you would be rinsing off those oils of the leaves if you're rinsing it. So harvest 
curbs in a clean place. And I know in Denver it can be tricky because it gets so dusty here. Um, so wash them if you need to. Yet a lot of times I'll just like rub the, the dirt off as I'm harvesting mm-hmm. them if, if mm-hmm. it's dirt, if it's dusty. Um, and pour boiling water over the herbs. Um, let it steep for ideally overnight because that's when those trace vitamins and minerals are going to be pulled out, um, the long steep time, and then just drink it the next day. Um, and it may, you may have to get used to it a little. Um, like I said, there is a bitter component. Um, Mm -hmm. although I have found if you take the herb out of the tea and then giving you a a herbalist trick here, that took me like about, I don't know, five years to figure out (laughs) with dandelion specifically. So take the herb out of the tea, let the tea sit for another three or four hours. And the bitter component really greatly, greatly diminishes. Um, huh. So it's delicious. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, look at we look at that. We just shared a, our a tea recipe, probably the first of hopefully many to come on this show because this is <laughs> yeah. such good stuff. Um, and then I know that you know you recommend people return the parts of the herb that you've used back to the earth. Mm-hmm. Yes, complete that cycle. Even if you don't have a com a compost pile, just take it out and give it to a tree. Put it um, anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm just under a bush, wherever. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love that. Mm-hmm. And so, what I mean, what are the components of that tea? Like what? And because then my next question is going to be because I know we are so time goes by so fast, Tanya, when we're yeah. talking. No. Um, I want to talk maybe about something that people can use, a recipe that they can use now for tea to either as an immune support or to move through stress. Mm-hmm. So, you know, before we get to that question, you know, what are the prime components that people can focus on? Or if they need to have a dandelion tea, you know, what would those properties be? Yeah. So dandelion, um, dandelion leaf, it is, it's, um, kidney. It's a kidney tonic. Um, and with that, it also addresses our adrenals, which our adrenals are glands that sit right on top of our kidneys. And our adrenals are what is working with, what works with stress. So when we, the, the anxiety spikes that we have during the day, that is moving our body into a sympathetic state, which is the fight or flight, which is, um, which is what causes all the symptoms that go along with chronic stress and anxiety. Um, So dandelion is what we call in herbal medicine an adaptogen. So it is going to nourish um, our adrenals and help us adapt, help our bodies more greatly adapt to the stress and to the, the times that we're going through. So that's in general. And I wouldn't like, that's not necessarily drinking a cup of dandelion tea. I mean, I think it will ease your nervous system just because the process of doing it, the deep nourishment, the vitamins and minerals that are in there. There's um, there's lots of B vitamins in dandelion, mm-hmm. which is also is really essential for our bodies for stress, moving through stress. Um, and the whole process of just drinking tea. Um, it's not a nerving, which would a tea, and really where I'm focusing right now um, is um, the nervous system. So mm-hmm. if our nervous system, it, because our, we can't even tell what's going on with our nervous system. This, these are so unique times. Our nervous system has not ever had to deal with anything like this. You know, right. I mean, there's, right. we're held it's in the true. safety of our homes. 
But at the same time, like there is, we have no idea what's going to happen this afternoon, let alone next month or next year, really. So the more we can nourish our nervous systems, um, so that's really even more. And and if our nervous systems are nourished, we our immune systems are going. Because the immune and the ner- the nervous system influences everything. <laughs> it influences right. digestion. It if our nervous system is shattered, like our immune system is going to be down. Um, so I'm really looking at ways to tend to our nervous system. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And so let's talk about that. So the so dandelion is not necessarily that isn't specific to that. A dandelion could be. Um, an adaptogen throughout the year or throughout the yeah. season, right? Mm-hmm. That they're available. Yeah. But like right now, because we know we're in this really unique um, time and, and you're right, we don't realize what's happening to our nervous system. I mean, you and I might, because we are pretty in touch with our bodies. I mean, I've been, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times in the last couple of weeks I've slept like over nine hours straight mm-hmm. at night. And yeah. it's shocking to me that I'm sleeping so much. And then I know other people that aren't sleeping at all mm-hmm. because their nervous system is reacting that way. Where you know, we're all having these different impacts to our body. Hopefully people are realizing it and finding ways to move through it because it's going to be imperative for our overall health to handle our bodies right now. It's so important, but people don't know how to do that. They might feel that way, but they don't necessarily know how to come out of that collective. I just, especially even just the fear, the collective fear without all the other pieces um, is deafening to our nervous system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I can give you a very um, straightforward recipe. I'm happy to do that. And she can see I'm dancing over here. I'm excited. I'm like, okay, wait. Yeah, I want this. I got my right pen. There. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, do I have this one yet or not? Let me yes, just, let, yeah. I got my pen just in case. You might, you might. Um, and I also wanted to say, I want to say, go back to the trees too. When yes. I teach, I, I've been teaching the nervous system from a folk herbalist perspective for almost 20 years now. And I always start this conversation um, by saying, connect with the trees or with nature, barefoot on the earth is amazing for the nervous system. Um, hanging out with a tree. I mean, I'm definitely, I love hugging trees. Um, although just sit beside it, sit underneath it. If you're not yet comfortable <laughs> hugging it um, in the park. Um, and moving water is also really amazing for the nervous system. So if you can get, have access to a stream um, or the ocean, depending on where you live. Um, so those are some things. Oh, and laying on the earth, so standing barefoot on the earth and just laying. Mm-hmm. So putting that blanket out and just laying on the earth. So those are super nourishing things for the nervous system. And if you would like a tea that is going mm-hmm. to nourish, and there are, there are layers to this tea, but I'm just going to, um, it's going to be more than just the nervous system. Yet yeah. um, this will be, it will help you come back into your body. Um, we'll call it the gra- we'll call it the the grace blend, like for grit and grace. Well, this yes. will be like the the daily grace blend or something like that. Let's call it that. Yes, I love it. Okay. The grace blend. All right, okay. so it is going to include nettle leaf, oat straw, rose, and just a little bit of licorice. And I'm going to give you the parts now. Um, so you're going to use two parts nettle leaf, one part oat straw, one part rose, and an eighth of part licorice root. 
And I could talk for an hour about all the benefits of these, and I won't. Um, other than, and they're all, if you have a her- local herb shop, definitely call up your local herb shop. A lot of herb shops are still open. They're doing, del- at least in Denver. Um, mm-hmm. And you can order online. My favorite online supplier of herbs is mountainroseherbs.com. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, <laughs> now that they're I say behind. that, they're a little behind. Yeah. You they're a little behind. On- yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I actually tried to order some more. Um, Borage, and I haven't. Yeah, I think it'll be a little while, but um, I will type this out into the show notes for for people to, you know, be able to hear more information about. And for those of you listening, there is some dog barking going on here. I'm just (laughs) let's just acknowledge the dog barking Um, and the fact that there there's not a it's not a fight. Don't worry. I think the dogs are feeling the same energy that we all feel in our yeah. houses, which means when they get out, they're all like at the fences, like, Wah! right, it's someone uh, else. Yes, <laughs> let me out. Yeah. Um, but I will go ahead and I will add this recipe, this tea recipe, this grace blend recipe um, to the show notes. Yeah, thank you. And feel yeah. free to reach out, anyone. Um, I mean, I'm. And in these times, however, I can support my communities and my people. So if you're having trouble finding herbs, reach out and I'll, I'll send you a blend. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. That is, that's, I just, I love adding little actionable steps that people can take that will nourish their body and connect themselves, you know, deeper into the earth. And of course, just even hearing from you, Tanya, and the focus that you have on how people can connect to the earth and, you know, to their own, you know, to their own lands is such a important way to stay in our bodies, right? And also staying in our bodies also opens up that spiritual portal to me. That's, it's, you know, you can't, you can't sit over here in this high level of stress all the time, Mm -hmm and still look at being connected to something more because it's like you have to tune out that outside noise to hear the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Embodiment. I, mean, I think a lot about embodiment and herbs really help us come back. And these practices, these earth centered practices help us come back to our own bodies um, mm-hmm. and not live up in our outside of our heads even. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the truth is there are a lot of spiritual people that focus on, you know, raising their energy level high enough to stay up in this place, high, 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 high level energy. Um, but that's not actually down with the people, right? Like it's, you know, there's a different, I, I want to say mm-hmm. like in the cosmos, but a lot of people might not know what I mean when I say that or the upper world. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't actually, that is, there's not, there's not a lot of practicality down as a human on earth that still has to pay for rent. And mm-hmm. most of us yeah. have to buy our food, right? We can't go, mm-hmm. we, you know, we can't forge all of our food. We can forge yeah. some of it yeah. and we should, but we still have to, we have to live this human existence. And so that's one thing that, um, I think that you do a very good job of is bringing the practicality into the in-between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell our listeners what classes you have coming up this year. Like, how can people learn from you and spend time with you? Hmm, thank you. Um, I, 
Ah, there's a lot of questions like many of this. I mean, I I wanted to like go go right into like, well, I have a two week herb school coming up in Ireland. Um, Although I'm, who knows if that will happen. That is in June. And even if it doesn't happen this year, hopefully um, next year, I've been doing this two week herb school in June. It's in residence. We live on land. We're, we're, we're living with the herbs. You're working with herbs very intimately the whole two weeks. It's magical. I love it. Mm. Um, And I do have a long-term program here in Denver um, that goes for nine months, but that has already started. It'll start again in January. Um, I have a tree class. We've talked a lot about trees. Um, I'm going to be offering an online tree class, which is focusing on, we have a lunar, um, well, we have a a lot of resonance to trees in the Irish spiritual tradition, and we have a tree that aligns with each month. And so we deepen into that tree medicine, that tree magic um, Mm. throughout the course. And that's going to be available for anyone around the world. Um, So you'll get information on how to connect with the tree. I will be including an audio journey um, as well as a video identifying the tree for you since we can't be in person together. um, Mm. You'll have that. So that starts in May. Um, for anyone all around the world. And then I also have a um, moon, a year-long moon course starting. Um, so, And that's going to start in May. And that will be just for Denver um, people. Mm-hmm. Um, so many, yeah. so many amazing ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pilgrimage in Ireland, um, mm-hmm. hopefully September. I mean, there was one scheduled for Beltana, which was the end of April. That, of course, has been canceled. Um, so you can get on my website and see all the different Irish offerings uh, or Ireland offerings um, and also those other tree, moon, herbs, all the mystery school. Yeah. Yeah. And any adjustments to the schedule? I mean, you know, what you might have planned now might shift slightly yeah. depending on what's happening. So just, you know, visit the website, which again is for those of you listening, go to dancingwiththewild.com. And I have two questions for you, Tanya. Number one, I was recently asked by one of my friends if men are allowed to take any of your classes or if they are specifically for women. Um, but they're not specifically for women, although I do, I'm claiming, yeah, it's a tricky place to be. And I have had men, Mm -hmm. men are in my classes, men are in actually this year, I think for the first time, I don't have a man in any of my long-term classes. Um, and I, I honor all of it. Um, and people who don't identify as masculine or feminine. Um, So everyone is welcome in my class. Everyone is welcome. Yes. Okay, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then the second question is, which I'm sure you get a lot, is do you have to have some sort of association to um, being Irish or Ireland in order to uh, take any of these classes? And I already know the answer is no. So I'm just going to answer for you. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. No, you don't. Yes. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Again, all are welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Tanya, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me and imparting your wisdom, even if it feels like it was short, like we just really kind of stayed surface level because there's so much we could talk about. Mm-hmm. But I really appreciate your time. And, and also, I really greatly want to honor the work that you're doing at this time. I mean, I told you last time I saw you that I feel like the fact that you are continuing to do this work at a time where it's so important and so needed is just like deep bow, sister, deep bow to you. Thank you. 
Thank you for being my teacher. Thank you for teaching so many others. Thank you for stewarding our earth and for being your just amazing human self. Thank you. Mm, you're so welcome. Thank you for receiving. It's a gift. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I just I wish people could see our faces. You know? <laughs> All know. the love. I know. Beaming it's out. like, oh. Yes, oh yes. Like it's like a force field coming out of my uh-huh. heart to your heart. Same, right back oh. at yeah. <laughs> oh, you're amazing. Well, thank you again. And for mm-hmm. those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. We we also appreciate your time. We appreciate the fact that you chose to spend an hour of your day listening and learning and growing. And for that, you know, we you know we have great respect for that. So thank you for listening and we will be back soon. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, my name is Les Conley, and as producer of this show, I enjoy listening right along with you. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow Grit and Grace so that we can keep you up to date on all the exciting shows coming your way. Please check the show notes for links to our guests and feel free to contact us for more information. Taver Lee is a social impact entrepreneur, and she can be found at taverlee.com. That's T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E.com. We know your time is extremely valuable and we appreciate you spending it with us. Thank you.